So, again, let's go back to this. So, we had Joseph, and we talk about a son, slave, and a sovereign, overseer over a nation. And God changing. Uh, and and, and t- today I'm going to talk about uh, position changing. Positions change. So, positions do change. So, what you said, sorry, early on? Turning point. Okay. So, message is positions change. Uh, so, you're never in the same position, just like Mel and Brendan. They normally sit this way and they're gone there now. So, position change. Uh, so, last week we, we heard from, uh, from Wes, uh, PG, lots of PG stuff uh, about Judah and Tamar. If you want to read about the PG stuff, but I think it's R-rated as well. But I mean, he's saying PG, but I think it's quite hectic there. So if you read the book of uh, Genesis chapter 30, uh, 37, starts off there with uh, Joseph, but 38 goes uh, quite uh, PG. And then you can read it for yourself. And then we find, um, and, and, and Wesley shared something about, in the end he said, Jesus is the remedy. And God's promises still remains. So how great that is. Uh, so the funny thing is, talking about positions and changing positions, I want to share a story because I believe stories are great things. And I'll talk about myself because one of the, so I was in Senate 9. So if you don't know, back in the, we called it Senate 9, okay? Lundi, we said Senate 9. I don't know what, what you say now. What grade? Grade 11. Okay, Senate 9. So in Senate 9, uh, I, was, uh, I was a long distance runner. I said I was. So, <laughs> so this, this, just bear with me, right? I was a long distance driver. I didn't look like this. Right, so that's why I wear the shirt like this, so just to, but yeah, so I was a long distance runner. I just weighed about like 50, 48 Ks or something like that, almost ridiculous. But I mean, standard nine, uh, at that time, grade 11, and uh, we had our school, uh, what, uh, sports day. And you have houses. Back in the day, you had houses, and my house was Proteus. Oh, what a name. Now, just think of it. Whoa. Okay. So, so I was then Proteus. Uh, so we had Proteus, Saturn, uh, Mercury, and all these different names, right? Uh, uh, Lotus and all that. So there was houses, and I belonged to this house called Proteus. So I was taking part in the 5,000 meters. And it was happening in the, in the stadium in a, in a town that where I lived. And my mom uh, took off work. She, was, she worked in the factory, but she took off to come and watch me. My dad was very busy. He was busy. He was a full-time minister, and he, was more, uh, he wasn't there. But my mom came, and she took time off, and she came to watch me. So the 5,000 meters... Well, it was there, and I was excited, and the, the adrenaline was pumping. Now, 5,000 meters back in the day, day and so many, you have to run at least, I think it's about 15 to 20 rounds. So I think what I, what I did was uh, I started too fast. Big mistake. So I thought uh, the adrenaline was pumping, and I said, I'm going to you know, go in the front. And I began to run. And before you long, I was being lapped. Now, all the houses there, and, and I'm coming out. It's getting worse, but every time you see, I just, I just lost my confidence, and I began to just go back, and in, in, in that, I couldn't finish that next round. So I came down the line, I said, I saw, I saw my house there in the corner, and I just, wait, I just basically ran straight into my house, and the, the, the race kept continued, and I hid behind the guys. And I promise you, I ha- and that whole week was being miserable for me at school. But leave alone that. My mom was there. And my mom tells me the story afterwards. And this is the story. She says, while I was running, and suddenly it was great when I was leading in the first two rounds. And when I suddenly being lapped, and then the lady next to her said, hey, I'm not sure. Who is this boy? I feel so sorry for him. You know? And my mother said, Shish, I don't know. Eh? Shame. 
but she said it in Venak, okay, because my mother spoke in a Venak, you know, the Indian Venak, and she said that she feels sorry for me. And uh, the, the funny thing is, up till now, recently we went and saw my mom up in Kauteng, she's staying at my sister's place. Whenever they bring a discussion, they'll talk about that day. The only thing they remember, I've been lapped and sure, he couldn't run. He was miserable. That's my first time I was running. But the thing is, I kept on telling my mom afterwards, I got married to this lovely lady up in front. And we got, we got married and I began to take part in races again. I, I never give up. So I started taking part in races. Now this is road marathons. And I began to get medals. I got lots of medals for running, road, uh, road running back in the day. Back in the day, okay? So I did a lot of run. And then I won the medals. But my mother would not speak about that thing. <laughs> so whenever, up till now, she only speaks about that thing at grade 11. My position has changed. I'm no longer that person that was in, gra- in grade 11 or gra- standard 9. My position has changed. But from that time to now, my position has even changed even further. Many times over. So church this morning, here's the thing. Your position has changed. We cannot look at, keep looking at that thing I was there. And that's all people will remember you for. And that's how people around you, that's how it happens. But you need to understand, God doesn't remember you that way. God is always picking you up. You might not understand it, but God is stepping you up. But your position changes. And that's what I was excited about. I kept reminding my mother, but she will take me back there. You see, with Joseph, God did amazing things. He was in the pit, and he picked him up, and he became, uh, and there, God's favor was still there. He got sold. He was in uh, Potiphar's house, and, 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 and the, the word of God says that he found favor. He was in that household. There was not a nice household, because we soon hear of Potiphar's wife coming after uh, young Joseph. Uh, saw him very handsome, and she tried to make some advances. And then we go PG there. Then we just leave that. And then he, he ran away. But the thing is, wherever he was, there was favor. Even in Potiphar's household, the atmosphere was not right. But God, found, God had favor over Joseph. And sometimes we're in atmospheres where the things is not right. But there's favor of God. Understand, when we children of God, when we accept him as, as Jesus, and when we go to stuff, even in that situation, God is there. Right? And then you get elevated and you see him next moment, uh, he ends up in prison because of doing the right thing for truth. You see, the one thing is we must stand for truth. We are called as children of God to stand for truth. And, and he, that's it. He could have compromised there and said, whatever. But he ran away because he knew this was not what God called him to. There was a plan and purpose. There was something he felt was much greater. But he ended up in prison for that, for being truthful. And sometimes what we do, what is right, will end up in the, in the wrong side of things, according to what people look at us. People don't understand your position and what God is doing with you. People look from the outside and judge the situation. And sometimes there's something maybe going, going with Andre. I want to give an example of Andre. I can pick on Andre this morning. Right? And uh, Matthias. Okay? And while something is going, going down with Andre, we sometimes look at it and hey, we suddenly see Andre. Sure, Andre's shoes now no longer he's got brand. He's got a cheaper shoes. Then we think something is wrong with Andre. 
Things are going bad there. Something is going pear-shaped in, pear in Andre's life and Yanin. And before you know it, we, we're going there. But God is doing something for them. They're making adjustments because their position has changed. Because God is planning something greater for them. And sometimes on the outside, what we see is not what on the inside what God is doing in us. I've seen that in my own life. I've seen it in my own lives, what God is doing. He shapes us and he's doing something, but he's, there's a position shift for something that he's doing great. And so we all know the story how it ended off in Joseph. He ends off uh, uh, interpreting the dream for Pharaoh, and he gets oversight, second in charge over the nation. But there was a plan and purpose. But here's a picture. Don't you see a picture of Jesus right through that? Because perfect, going up. That's why you see when you look at the book of the Old Testament, you always see something, there's a picture of Jesus Christ. There's always, you look at it in the eyes of Jesus. What is Jesus saying? You see a picture of Jesus like that perfectness coming on top for the people, for something, for, for the brokenness of the people. There was some plan and purpose. But I'm going to take you to something else. So, the next slide. So, I'm going to talk about position changes. We're going to read from the book of Second Kings chapter 4. One day the wife of a man from the, the guild of prophets called out to Elijah, your servant, my husband, is dead. Now, the prophet they're talking about is Obadiah, right? You well know what a good man he is, devoted to God. And now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect by taking my two children as slaves. You see, there was a situation for this lady. They were coming to collect their kids or their sons as slaves. Uh, because she was in a situation where she had nothing. She was, she was holding the debt of her husband. Paying something off. She was in a situation where, if you look at the, that, whole, uh, that whole scripture there, you find that she was of uh, a very low caste, or sort of uh, Eastern, uh, far east or eastern uh, nation. And you found that uh, poverty, uh, a woman in that situation was, was treated like a downcast. Right? Elijah said, I wonder how I can be of help. Tell me. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? First, she said nothing. I'm reading from the message. She says, but she said, well, I do have a little oil. I do have a little oil. What do you have in your hands? I do have a little oil. And sometimes you use oil for cooking and all that type of thing. But I do have a little oil. Here's a little oil. It must have been little more. I don't know how, how little was it, but this is the measurement I thought it would be. But she had little oil. He says, here's what you do, said Elisha. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls from all your neighbors. And not just a few, all you can. Then come home and lock the door behind you, you and your sons. There was something very key here. Firstly, Elijah tells, to her, tells her, go to your neighbors and ask them for bowls. I, I, could, I can't imagine what excuses he said she wants bowls. I don't know. And I can't figure that out. I don't want to know the detail. But I'm sure there was something that she went and borrowed stuff. They were asking, what is wrong with this living? She went to neighbors. Maybe some of them turned her down. But as much bowls or jugs that she could get, she got 
You see, her position was changing. Her position was changing. She put it out there to God, to, to the servant of God, which is Elisha. But Elisha, you think the power was with Elisha? No, the power was God in this thing. He uses man. He uses us. You as people right now, all of us here, belong to Jesus. This is God's church. The Lord is building his church. We just got oversight over you. As pastors or elders or leaders of the church. But he is ultimate. We just taking care. Just saying that. And we find she gets all the jugs that she can get. He says, then come home and lock the door behind you. For me, that just struck to me. He says, lock the door behind you. Now, why didn't they want to say, open the door? Because when he closed the door, it's for this also. That position shift is for this. That position shift is for you and your household. It's cordoned off. It's for you and your household. The change, the shift is happening now. You went, got the jugs, you brought it in. Close the door. Close the door. Don't open the door. Because why? Begin to ask us, why? If you open the door, you see, people can watch, but if they don't have the faith that you trust it, because that faith that she had, she was trusting for something. Yes, I'll do whatever. Bring the, I'll bring that. I got whatever oil. We're going to open it. He says, close the door. And when she closed the door, guess what happens? He tells her, you and your sons, pour oil into each container which each is full and set it aside. But as the containers that were all lined up here, I like to say that like those containers all get full. As they ride to the brim, leave them one side, set them one side, set them one side. And finally, she said what he, she did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons. And as they brought the containers to, to her, she filled them. When all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, another jug, please. And he said, that's it. There is no more jugs. There is no more containers. That's it. That's all, whatever she had to do. That was all for that time. That position that, that she was in. The oil stopped. You see, there was an overflow of oil. She had that little. But she began to pour this little oil into that jug. Doesn't make sense, eh? Pouring oil. That's all. And it's fully. It's fully. It's continuing. It's fully. There was an overflow with this little oil. And there's a story how it ends there. It says, she went and told the story to the man of God. He said, so go and sell the oil and make good on your debts. Live both you and your sons on what's left. So whatever you have there, go and sell it, pay off your debt. You settle now. But the overs is for you and your family. So why am I sharing this story? Because the position has changed. Changed. This woman was in a position of almost allowing her sons to be taken to slaves. But she sought the Lord. To Elisha. She sought the Lord. 
Even if I'm in this situation. Even if I, uh, I got this debt that I have to carry. Even if I got all these things. In whatever situation you are in, you could be in a position that where you are right now, you're losing hope. You're saying nothing is, there's nothing there. I cannot make it because I got this thing. The, 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 the debt collectors is around my neck. The people are coming. There, there's, there's this situation. There's, there's sickness. There's a, a lot of uh, other things happening in my life. Everything is going down. But the key thing is, is to seek the Lord. Seek God. You may say, Neville, it's so easy for you to say. But that's what the word of God says. This is what I'm reading in the word of God. They took, he took oil like this and he just filled all the jars and he paid all your debt plus he had overs. And that's what God will do. Because when he moves your, your, your position and then he changes it to, to freeness. It happened like that. So I don't know where and what position we are in. We could be in many positions this morning. You're trusting for healing. You want to get well. Trust God. You're trusting for a job breakthrough. Trust God. You're trusting for, for more food in your house. Trust God. Never easy, easy said than done. You trust God, you'll see. You don't have to tell anyone. Uh, you see, we become so easy. Because there's, like you go to ATM, what do you do? You put a card in, the money comes out. It became so easy. You say, where's faith? This country is changing. Things are changing around us. Uh, around us. Uh, fuel price is going up. All these things. What do you have in your hand? I have a little oil. That's all I have. I have nothing. No, but I have a little oil. Our position is to depend on God. Sometimes taking too long to reach the place where you desire, it seems almost forever. Have you been there? So recently I've been struggling with my leg. So I went to India on the 14th of March and I came back on the 20th of day. I came back. And I haven't had a pain since. Right? I was about to go for a here for, for the operation to, to, an, to the hospital. Everything was booked. Orthopedic surgeon was going to cut me with my foot and make it right. I said, I ain't going. Because this pain is gone. You see, I, I got to know my position has changed. Shamin and I was talking last night and we were chatting. We were saying, when your position has changed, we're talking about things have changed. Pain or no pain. Listen, God, your position has changed. You went, you came back. Things have changed. I cannot be in the same situation saying, hey, medically, doctor, I'm ready. I told them no. They asked me for, quite a few times. Not for, I'm just exaggerating, but they asked me many times. They phoned me and said, are you sure, Mr. Murugan? Yes, I'm sure. They phoned me back. Are you sure? We'll give you even discount for the, for the extra fees. You know the fees that, that we'll pay you that doesn't cover, medically doesn't cover? We'll even give you discount on that. Sorry, no thank you. Because 
My position has changed. I cannot go there because if I change my position, God has changed my position now, right? If I went for the operation, if. Three weeks, crutches. Three weeks, not doing what God called me to do. No good. And when you settle that, you see healing because you're trusting him. Big faith walk. Because lots of people tell you, no, you've got to do that thing. The doctor was even saying, no, we'll give it all that. But now, what is my king saying? I need to know where my position has moved now. You see, if, the, if your position has moved, moved, right, you've got to settle that very quickly. I'll tell you why. You can't be in a position where you're saying, I am there when God has moved you here. You need to know, I settled here, I've reached what I need to reach, but God, you got something, the next thing. You're already on the next thing, but you're still thinking you're on that thing. But you're not on that thing anymore. You're on this thing. But you need to be sensitive to the Spirit and know that I'm on this position. See, man, which is me and man, cannot make that call. The Lord can settle it in your heart. To know where you are. You've got to seek him. So that's why prayer. Prayer. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not a hit and a miss. When I feel like I'll pray. No one's telling you to wake up 2 o'clock in the morning. When it's freezing cold. You can pray anytime. There's no prescription. But prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer moves those mountains. Prayer shifts you. Shifts your positioning. You get weak in your prayer, the enemy will come and bombard you and you'll feel, I'm weak. I can't make it. You must ask Vian. Vian says he doesn't understand. He can't understand me because he says, how do I have energy? Sometimes he asks me the question. How do you make it? I'm just talking. I'm not talking like you, Vian. Vian, I can pick on Vian, okay? Vian, you okay with that? eh? Marissa is looking at me. I'm worried. Okay? But you see, yeah, it's, it's the Lord. Position has changed. The next one, quickly. There's uh, a position we all know about recently. So I, put, I didn't put any teams because people will get frustrated here. Yeah, it's still white. Eh? Sure. Yeah, I've got to be wise. I don't put numbers, no team, no, no players. But if you look at this, here's the thing. We all know recently there have been lots of soccer. Whether it's local soccer or overseas soccer, we watch soccer. We like soccer, some of us. But I want to show you something here about positioning. So if you look at the, the yellow or the green in the back, that's a goalkeeper. But he's got an a, a, a area that he needs to operate in. So where he's standing, where is he now? And there's a bigger box, and you get that half-round circle there. Right? That's where he needs to be. But he needs to be before that line. You cannot touch the ball after the line. It's a problem. Free kick. Right? So that's his goalkeeper position. So he's only got that box to operate in. There's two boxes. Then you find you've got defenders there, central defenders, and defenders on your right, left, and there's four. So this team is playing four in the back. And then you've got your midfield. Then you've got wingers there. And then you've got, obviously, your, your striker right in front there. And there's somebody, one striker. We won't mention names. We've got to be careful there again. There's lots of Liverpudlians here. And we got to, we got to, 
see the, the position. So when the game starts off, when the ref uh, blows the whistle, the game starts, people, you see the, the players suddenly move. Don't you see that? They suddenly, they're not in that set position, they suddenly move. There's changes. The goalkeeper is always there, moving around, not sure when the ball comes there, he's there. And you see the, the, the striker runs forward. He stays forward because he's a forward player. He also, he, he also have to run forward all the time. And you get the wingers running in the sides and they have to cross the ball into the box. So here's the thing. Those positions are set positions. If you're a midfield player, you're a midfield player. If you're a goalkeeper, very rarely you'll see a goalkeeper on the other side trying to score a goal. It happened a few times. In history, some of the few, he's trying to goalkeeper leaving here and going on the other side. Right? And, and he's trying to score a goal. It happened. Uh, when desperation comes, the goalkeeper leaves his position. But other than that, he stays there. Right? The defender's got to stay there, but sometimes you say defenders, and we've seen lots of teams do that, they get too passionate and think they can score goals, but they're just defenders. So they go there and they try to, and they say, and you hear this, uh, somebody in the crowd say, shoot! Because they know this guy's going to hit a long-range shot, but it's not going to go inside. Right? But you find different positioning, and, and, and the striker is, is made for that, for that position. In the kingdom of God, here's the thing. You've got a position that God has called you, every one of you. Go back to the second slide. You've got a position that God has called you. Every one of you here. What is your position? He's placed you. You got that gifting that nobody here has got that gifting. God ain't making clones. He's given you a position to operate in and giftings you've got to operate. Operate in your gifting that God called you to. It could be changing your position. But be ready to operate in that position that he's calling you to. Whatever that position is. You've got to have the freedom to operate in your position that God called you. Stop holding back. Stop holding back. Stop holding back. You're waiting for that. You're waiting for that person, that person to confirm something. The, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He's saying, now, operate. Sometimes we go to difficult stuff in our lives. And we somehow went out of position. But God is settling in your hearts. The time is over. The time of waiting is over. Operate in what God has called you to. Do not look at what people say. Is what God is saying. So here's a man. There was a man. Called Peter. So I don't have any watch, so don't worry. I don't know what's going to happen. All right. So Peter, Peter, Peter goes, goes, goes. Uh, you know about Peter? We know what he did. What did he do? He denied Christ. That's what we remember. How many of you remember for what? For Peter? Denied Christ. Right? How many times? Three times. When he did that, what did he do? Go back fishing. What's his default setting? Fishing. Because that's what he loved, fishing. We find Peter denies Christ in Luke 22. We read 54 to 62. You can read about it. I won't read it now. You can go read it at home. It says, Peter, they, then, then, they, okay, then they seized him and led, led him away, bringing him into a high priest court. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they, when they had kindled a fire in the middle of a courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, saying, uh, sat among them. Then the girls seeing him, sat there in the light and looking closely at him said, this man also was with him, but he denied it saying, woman, I do not know him. 
I do not know Jesus. Jesus is right there being accused. He's there in the courtyard. He's watching from afar because he was with Jesus. And he sees Jesus there and he, he denies him. Not one time, two times, three times. So the possibility of him being used in the kingdom, almost zero at that time. Do you think that? How many of us have been to a situation in our life where we feel we've denied Christ in many ways? We turn our back on Jesus. We turn our back on him and says, can I be used ever again? There's a story here. It's in the Bible. Peter gets restored, by the way. While he goes back to fishing, Jesus has a fish dry with him and he restores him. Peter, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, I do. Ask him three times. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Tells him that. And he settles it there. He cancels that debt, that three, that he, that he forsook Jesus and denied him. Because Jesus was setting up for something that he couldn't understand. What's that? Today is the day of Pentecost. Guess who was selected to preach the message? Guess who was, uh, was, was selected from all the twelve to, to preach the message? Because there's also Matthias joined later on, the new disciple. It was that old guy, Peter. He was the oldest. He messed up the most. He swore a lot. He was very vulgar. If you read his story, you'll see fishermen in that day was bad. If you thought, we get glimpses of it when you go fishing, lots of F-bombs. I remember fishing, long, but I don't want to go there now. It's over. I've moved on. I'm in a new position. now. Jesus was settling in him. No more fishing for you, but you'll be fishers of men. Sets him up. A, a man that denied Christ. A man that when everything was, was going bad, he went back to fishing. Let's forget about the troubles. Jesus goes to him, seeks him out because he was going to preach the Pentecost sermon. Have you felt that God's not going to use you again? God's calling you to preach that Pentecost sermon for you, whatever that means to you and I. You see, we're not perfect people here. If you sit and hear our stories, you'll be shocked, surprised. Joseph was a perf- one of those perfect lines that he, that he went to the pit and he was okay. Everything that he managed there. I don't know what I'll do if I was there. I'll be kicking and screaming in the pit. I was kicking and screaming in the prison. When is my time? When I'm going to get out of the prison? But he had the favor of God even in the prison. Just like that, Peter had the favor of God. There's something about him that God has engineered. It was the Holy Spirit engineering him. They were setting him up for something that was going to go down. And what was that? Funny enough, Charmaine didn't even know I was going to share the scripture, but she was reading this already in the prayer, prayer room about Acts chapter 2. But I was going to read Acts chapter 2 this morning about Peter preaching the sermon. And I'm trusting this morning. Here's the thing. We're going to read this. I'm going to chapter, I'm just going to talk, let's read this scripture. But I believe God wants to do something with us. He wants to do business with us today. He wants to settle us, settle us the position that we've now taken, something new in our life, whatever that position means to you. Remember, it's an individual thing. It might not be a family thing, but it's you, one and one. 
I believe God wants to do something. Just be open to it. I'm going to read this. He says, And when the day of Pentecost came, Acts chapter 2, they were all together in one place. You must see the picture this morning. We're all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house while they were sitting. Just be expectation. Just close your eyes right now. Just close your eyes right now. Close your eyes right now. Just be open to the Spirit of God. Your position has changed. God is doing something. You need a new fire, a touch from the Holy Spirit this morning. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, trust him for you to receive it today. If you leaked because of different things in your life, the Holy Spirit is going to plug those holes today. Trust him to do that. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were full with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in, Jeru- in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard his own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of those speaking, Gala- speaking are Galileans? But they all heard it in their own native language. And there's a whole bunch of them. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they had too much wine. Peter addresses the crowd. Here's the man that has been going to sin. He stands up. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Here's this person that shied away, that hid in the crowd while Jesus was standing tall. I don't know him. Jesus elevates him to this position. But there was a waiting. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your whole men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's much more. But I believe right now, this is an amazing day to receive the Spirit of God. This new fire. This is the day when Jesus, a few days away, a few weeks ago, he, he rose up. And we remember the calendar, he says, he rose up to heaven, ascension. But he said, I'll send you the Holy Spirit, a comforter, a friend, who will be with us. We talk about the Holy Spirit. Won't you allow the Holy Spirit to touch you with a fresh touch this morning? Trusting for those that want a, f- a new, t- new touch this morning. Don't ever touch. I didn't ever touch before from the Holy Spirit. I didn't experience that. Your expectation this morning. It's all it's left to you. How, 
How expectant are you? Andre was saying earlier, expectant. How expectant are you? You want a touch of the Holy Spirit this morning? You can come in front and we'll pray over you. Now I believe the Holy Spirit will touch you. You've got to be hungry for this. And those that leak through sin and situations, trust the Holy Spirit to plug those holes. And those that want to be settled with that, and the Holy Spirit touch me so that my position, I'll understand that bonus that you've given me now. I won't operate in my past. I won't operate on a different. You see that, that anointing that came over Peter was not on the past. When the fire of the Holy Spirit came upon them, there's a new fire. Because that's what you're waiting for. That set him up so that he could speak with boldness that he spoke and preached that sermon. And that day, if you read the book of Acts further, it says 3,000 souls got saved. 3,000 people. 3,000. Not 300. 3,000. And he would use a man like that to set him. But it was on the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we cannot operate without the Holy Spirit. I want to be clear about that. The scriptures are clear. Jesus has sent us the Holy Spirit. He went and he seated at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Spirit resides in each one of us. When we accept Jesus, we ask, we invite him. It's, in, it's an invitation as well. You get saved, you invite him in your life. And you want the Holy Spirit to, to engineer your life, to, op, to make you. And then you'll know that feeling. You know when you feel you're, you're doing something, the Holy Spirit inside of you is telling you, no, that is, is, is directing your path. We need the Holy Spirit. We cannot operate outside of the Holy Spirit. We will stumble. Then it will be of our own doing. See, here's a free invitation. You're welcome to come in front.